Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Paul MacDonald alongside Kev Nalen and Deepak Gohill. Hello, gents. Hi, Paul. Hello. Uh, we are having a midweek show this week. Um, it's a combined show, so we're going to be reviewing the Bills game from last weekend. Looking forward to the Tampa Bay game from uh, this coming weekend as well, which is the International Series weekend. Uh, we'll also look at the pick six. But we're going to start off with that Bills game. The 49ers went in with a new quarterback under centre, or a renewed quarterback under centre in Colin Kaepernick. Game started out okay. 49ers took the lead with a field goal, sort of kept in it up to the halfway point, and then the wheels fell off all over again. First thing is to say about the game, guys, what do you think? Well, we did want it to be competitive, so um, we can't really complain, can we? Because it was competitive for at least a half. We, we got a half out of it, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I think we pretty much just about got into the fourth quarter and it's still competitive. And then, yes, it was just, there was garbage time scores, but they weren't for us this week. Yeah. Um, time possession, it slipped back again. The 49ers had less than 25 minutes of the ball um and the buffalo bills 35 minutes and 11 uh colin kaepernick let's discuss him what kind of a day do we think he had 13 of 29 for 187 yards and one touchdown mm, well the numbers himself don't look too bad do they really? they don't it's not, they it's don't not a great completion and, stat because it's less than 50 percent yeah that that's right it, and there's <sighs> no interceptions so that's always a bonus yes although there nearly was one he was nearly intercepted in the backfield. It's kind of like, I was thinking about it while I was driving around today, and we got to see the old Kaepernick. When, when he was coming in, we didn't know what we were going to get. Were we going to get the Kaepernick that went to the Super Bowl? Were we going to get the Kaepernick from 2015? Or were we going to get a brand new Kaepernick that we hadn't seen, good or bad? And we kind of got the old Kaepernick. And by that I mean, we got... The Super Bowl Kaepernick in the touchdown pass to Tory Smith and in his running. And then we got the 2015 Kaepernick in the short throws again to Tory Smith in the end zone and the almost interception. It's It, it was a 50-50 game for him, wasn't it? Yeah, but look, we're playing against the Buffalo Bills. You know, it's not like we're playing against Seattle or... Or, or, or one of the bigger teams, you know, we're like New England, and he did score a touchdown. But you know, I'm not, I'm not ragging on Kaepernick, even though I, people know I do. But that pass was severely underthrown. You know, it was at least five to ten yards underthrown. And one of the things I was watching for was to see if he checks down, see if he looks for second and third choice receivers. And no, he wasn't. And on many occasions, he's overthrown people. Um, and you know what? You can give him a pass for that because it's the first time he started for a long while. You know, he's recovering from surgeries, blah, 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 which is why I think, you know, he's got to start the next game against Tampa Bay. We we, we need to give him a, a series of games to bed in and then give Ponder a chance because mediocrity is, this is, this is a battle of mediocrity. Make no bones about it, you know. And I even said this on Facebook that, you know, it's like, either of these two would be no more than a backup anywhere else you know so so why have we got such a, a heated level of passion and intensity on two very mediocre quarterbacks mm. 
the there's been discussion on all sorts of 49ers groups um and it has got quite heated it's got a little bit ugly at times as well um on the whole Gabbert versus Kaepernick thing and I mean some of the stuff that we've heard has been absolutely ridiculous it's it's kind of it's kind of depressing isn't it that that they're fighting over who is the least worst quarterback. Yeah, it's bold men fighting over a comb, yes. <laughs> <laughs> bold men fighting over a comb, yeah. It's about the size of it. Yeah, couldn't have put but, it better myself. But you've got a question, what are people passionate about? Are they passionate about one particular football player? Are they passionate about what's happening to the team? And, and I think we need to f- put the cap gabber Gabbert Kaepernick thing to one side yes. and actually have a look at what the bigger picture is and, and it is a stinking pile of mess in Silicon Valley mm. Denim Valley we're going we're gonna to get to that um, we're definitely going to get to that shortly because uh, it does need talking about uh, with it being Wednesday a hell of a lot has gone on in the past 48 hours uh, so we will get to that want to stick with Kaepernick's game for just a second his legs were back definitely he was the leading rusher for the 49ers. Um, I was very, very impressed with how he handled himself when we were stuck down on our own five-yard line and it looked like he was going to be brought down for a safety. Not only did he manage to evade the safety, but then took it out for a run as well. And But for a very, very well-timed block into his hip, I think it's fair to say Kaepernick would have been away for a touchdown on that drive. Yeah, he could have been and... Mm. I think that play highlights a very, very important attribute that Kaepernick has. He's a very, very athletic quarterback. Yeah. And if you were to ask me, would Blaine Gabbert have avoided the safety? The answer is probably not. Would he have made that where we were pegged deep into our own, near our goal line? Would he have converted that into a first down? The answer is probably not. But you've also got to remember that athleticism is also one of Gabbert's um Features is one of his strong attributes. Is that he's quite a mobile uh, quarterback. So I don't think Gabbert would have made the outcome would have been the same if he was under centre for that particular play. Passing wise, as we said, uh, some of his some of his uh, throws were bang on the money. the The fifty three yarder to Tory Smith for the touchdown was a thing of beauty. Um. We can put part of that down to Tory Smith doing his job and making sure that he had great separation. Um, but great separation doesn't matter if you can't get the ball to him, which he did. But then we did have the short passes, the overthrown passes as well. There's, for my mind, there's three possibilities on this one. One is that the balls were inaccurate, the throws were inaccurate because of the surgeries that he's had. And if that's the case, he is done. The second possibility is that it's down to the weight loss that he said he had um, in the off-season. Now, that man is lean. You're not going to find an ounce of fat on that man. So any weight he's lost is muscle mass. And there's, there's every possibility that he's lost something from his arm in that weight loss. If he builds that back up, maybe, you know, maybe there's some accuracy there. What do you think? I think first and foremost, if he's... If it's, if surgery is a factor, and he's not well to well enough to be playing, then he shouldn't be playing. Okay, because if he's had surgery, all you're going to do is exacerbate and make problems worse, and you're going to impede his recovery. Okay, so it's not fair to play somebody who's 
pretty much injured. I'm not. Um, I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying that he's playing injured. I'm s- no. I'm thinking maybe because of the surgeries that he that he's had, he has a new ceiling, if you like. It's now a limitation, and he's got to get used to that limitation. And if if it is a limitation, and it's taken away any accuracy that he did have. Well, yeah, but again, it goes down to giving him more than just this one game yes. against Buffalo, yeah. you yeah. know, and to, to gauge a fairer picture of what his contribution is going to be, it's got to be at least over four or five games just to, to give him an opportunity to get back into the flow of things. But again, you know, and yes, he has lost a lot of weight. You can see that he's lost a lot of weight. Um, he himself is not particularly concerned about it, which is actually a little bit worrying, I think. You know, I mean, he's changed his diet to become a vegan, which is fine. There are lots of vegan athletes in the NFL. But but for Kaepernick to play the way that he plays, he does rely on having a bit of muscle, a bit of bulk, you know. And But it's not a concern for him. And this is something that I find a little bit worrying. It's a bit like how throwing mechanics are not a concern for him. It's down to all those sessions he did with Kurt Warner, which were... You know, probably a waste of Kurt Warner's time in hindsight because he just didn't didn't want to look at film and do certain other things. You know, so who's advising him? The last thing I want to uh, discuss with Kaepernick specifically because we've got the rest of the team to uh, to talk about. Has there uh, are there any example, any previous examples of players that have repositioned in the NFL? Because you look at Kaepernick, his height, his speed. Would he make a decent wide receiver on another on another team, on our team? Who knows? Well, sometimes they do that, don't they? They convert quarterbacks into wide receivers and nonsense like that. I mean, I don't know if he's got the speed. He may have the speed. I've never saw... It's hard to tell, you know. With his physique, if he had a bit of bulk to him, he'd have the excellent sort of body height, weight ratio to be a, a tight end even. You yeah, know, but... We've never seen him sort of play any of those roles, so it's, mm. it's a little hard to, to sort of say, you know. Well, Cleveland appear to be trying to do it with um, Pryor, don't they? Because yeah. he's playing all sorts. He's been rushing, throwing, receiving. It's, it's a really tough one to answer, Paul. I mean, yeah. would you want him to be a wide receiver? It's, it's a thought, isn't it, though, that if he's, not, if he's done as a quarterback, then... Maybe there is life after being a quarterback in being a receiver. As I say, he's, he's got the height. His his legs give him the speed. He's got the stride on other people, as we saw in the game yeah. on Sunday. Uh, let's look elsewhere on the field. Well, kind, kind of in the same area, actually. Um, the 49ers rushing. Uh, rushed in total for 133 yards. That compares to Shady McCoy, who all by himself, rushed for 140 yards. Now, does that say more about our running backs or more about our defence? Well, I think it says a lot about our defence that somebody stomped 140 yards on them, but at the same time, uh, that's a low... What did you say our total rushing stats were? 133 yards? 133, of which Kaepernick had 69. Yeah, so he had basically over half our rushing yards yeah yeah that tells its own story then doesn't it if you take out Kaepernick's yards which 
purely for the for the sake of comparing what our running backs are doing. You know, it's it's fantastic that he got seventy yards, and I, and I think that's very encouraging. But if you take those yards out of the equation, then and look at what Hyde and Davis and Drawn were doing, then um, fourteen for fifty-two I've got here for Carlos yeah. Hyde, five, five for thirteen for Davis, and two for two for for Drawn. You know, yeah. that's. It's not going to win you a football game, is it? It's definitely not. Uh, Davis and Sean Drone uh, are definitely going to have to step up this weekend because we've had word from Chip Kelly that Carlos Hyde is out for the game. He turned up at training yesterday, um, which would be Tuesday, in a sling. Uh, so we've lost Carlos Hyde at running back. We are we're in trouble, really, aren't we? We are simply in trouble. We've been in trouble for a long time, Paul. Um, the, it, it's a lot of things that are all going wrong all at the same time for us. And, you know, I think, you know, what saddens me is that we're a proud franchise. You know, we, we were, we really were one of the NFL's most biggest, you know, marquee brands, if you will, not that long ago. And now we've become the laughingstock and, and our fans are, don't want us to be the laughing stock. We don't want to be the laughing stock. You know, we've got a brand new stadium. You'd think everything's going for us. And now I would go out on a limb and say, this is the worst it's ever been. It beats Ericsson. Yeah. It beats Nolan for me as well in terms of how awful we are. Simply because when we were under Nolan and Ericsson, there was a way out. But with this, there is no way out. You know, there are adjustments and changes that need to be made that are beyond the remit and the and and the pay grade of someone like Trent Bulky, you know, yeah. and we're stuck with this. Uh, looking at, I'm trying to pick out the best of the stats. It's impossible to pick out the best of these stats. Uh, thanks to Mark Lyon for producing them, though. Um, the fifth consecutive loss total yards against the against us in these five games: 529 yards, 418, 428, 288, and 491 yards given up in those games so far this season. We've given up 1,091 rushing yards in six games. In all of 2011, we only gave up 1,236 yards. And the last one that I'm going to give you, it's rubbing salt in the wound. I know, and I apologize, but it's what we do. We, we do the stats on the show. Uh, the Niners are averaging over 180 rushing yards allowed per game. We're last in the NFL. In 2015, we were 29th. Averaging 126 yards a game, just in front of Cleveland and Philadelphia. The difference between last year and this year, we've got Philadelphia's head coach and Cleveland's defensive coordinator. Mm, I think it's also worth mentioning at this point is that, you know, we're actually playing very mediocre sides in themselves. Yeah. You know, Dallas are not going to set the world on fire. Buffalo aren't going to. Well, Dallas might be setting the world on fire now, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, they're not a team that you would have thought. They're going to go places. Buffalo certainly not. You know, who else have we lost to? Arizona, Seattle, fine. You know, we, we'd expect to lose to them, but we're not really. It's not like we're losing to Green Bay or we're losing to New England. You know, we're losing to very average, ordinary sides, and that's the worry for me. Is that we we can't get it done against the easier teams. Kev, is it a surprise to you that? At this point in the season, we have the same record as the Carolina Panthers. It's a massive surprise to me at this point <laughs> in the season. We've got the same record as the Carolina Panthers. 
However, it's, I think that says more about how poor they've been as well. I mean, they're yeah, only winning yeah. against us. Otherwise, they might be um, looking yeah. at 0-6 as well if we manage to win that one. Um, if, you'd have, if you'd have said to me, after six games, we're going to have the same record as Carolina Panthers, I'd have thought 4-2. and two. But no. That's it. They've, uh, they've, they've had a massive fall themselves, haven't they? But Paul, just go, just go back to that game against the Panthers. You know, and that was another one where we were semi-competitive until the third quarter, and then we fell out, fell like a house of cards. You know, well, this has been a, this has been a theme, hasn't it? That we collapse in the third quarter. Um, I mean, we've only scored one third quarter touchdown this season. We've changed, we've changed from the first quarter to the third quarter. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, last season there was something pre-game that we weren't getting right this season there's something at half time that we're not doing right because we're coming out and we're playing like a sack of bulky I think the drinks at half time are being spiked that's what it is the drinks at half time they're being spiked we need to sort this out I right. wish somebody would spike my drinks when I'm watching this <laughs> <laughs> right moving away from um, the Buffalo game we're not going to the Tampa Bay game yet because there's something else that we've got to discuss. And that is what has gone on in the front office or what has gone on involving the front office over the last 48 hours. Jed York's own family, Jed York's own blood, his cousin is calling him out on Facebook. Now, people have said, well, okay, what she's put up is the title of the article that she's linking to. She knows exactly what she's done. We are talking about um, Eddie DeBartolo Jr.'s daughter here. And is it Nicole or Nicola? I, I haven't, I've seen one of the articles. I, I don't remember her name. She's probably got a library named after her at Notre Dame, though. Quite possibly. Uh, I think it is Nicole. And, you know, she, she's tweeted... Jed York needs to go and the article. And people say, oh, it's just the title of the article. No, we know it's the title of the article, but she's making a statement right there. It's a bit much when even your own family, you know, the fan base says you need to go. We're, the majority of the 49ers fan base is saying, Jed York, you need to go. But when your own family is saying it as well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's getting a bit much, isn't it? But it's, this is ownership. I mean, unless they sell or, or have reasons to sell, they, they won't sell. And the current evidence suggests that they're making um, very healthy profits. You know, if his remit was to make as much money as possible, then he's crossing all their, he's ticking all their boxes and, and making the ultimate corporation a very, very healthy residual income. It's because we keep buying jerseys, we keep drinking their $15 beers and $20 hamburgers at Levi's Stadium. If we stop doing all of that, it may have a, a small dent. Not a huge one, but an, enough for people to think, well, actually, people are peed off. Because we see all those empty seats at Levi's. Those no-shows, uh, those tickets have all been sold. So they can technically say it's sold out, even though it isn't. You know, yeah, people yeah. just don't want to go. Yeah. You know? um, but will he leave or, or whatever? I, I Will the Yorks ever sell the team? You know, if they ever sell the team, then it could be different, you know. And I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that Eddie D and Ronnie Lott were looking at keeping the Raiders in, in Oakland. You know, they were, so Eddie D is 
forget it. That's gone. He's not going to come back. I thought that story was the other way in that Eddie D and Ronnie Lott were the ones that were looking to get Oakland out um, no, out of... No, they were definitely trying to keep them so in they, they the look, bay. Oh, area, right, okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, ownership of the 49ers. Not quite as clear-cut, maybe, as we thought. Because I was certainly under the impression that the team was owned by the Yorks. Uh, Denise de Bartolo York and Dr. John York. But my investigative feelers, I looked on the 49ers website, it turns out there are more owners of the 49ers. John M. Sobrato, Mark Wan, and Gideon Yu are all down as co-owners of the 49ers, alongside Denise, John, and Jed. Now, if that's the case, is there a possibility that uh, Mr. Sobrato, Mr. Wan, and Mr. Yu could actually vote Jed York out? from underneath uh, his parents. Okay, I think they may have an interest, an investment interest within the within the organization, mm. but it may come without voting rights. So they're what's known as ex officio members. Yeah. Or they may just be minority shareholders. So they may be owners yeah, without only votes. What, like say 20% between them or something like that. Yeah. 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 Or without or or a very limited number of votes between them. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't run the club as an as a corporation in its own right, because the sort of the, the, the actual nuts and bolts of it, they need NFL approval for every single thing, don't they? Even if they wanted a new owner, the league has to approve it first. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly been interesting to watch the news. Um, the other thing that we've had today is a leak has come out of the 49ers front office that much to everybody's dismay, Trent Balky is safe. He won't be going anywhere. According to this leak, um, Deepak, you had uh, you had the details of who had the original story, didn't you? Yeah, I put that onto our Facebook page. Um, now, the guy who wrote that... No, no, sorry. Are we, are we talking about the um, the Trent Balke staying leak? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, that was on Bleacher Report. Let me see if I can find it. Um, but yeah, it's an unknown... It's an unnamed source at the 49ers saying that... Um, Certainly for this season, Balky's job is safe. And it inferred that, we didn't infer anything other than the headline. Report says 49ers GM Trent Balky is safe for the season. Yeah, and the, I think it, the sub subline to that was also that um, they considered that they trust him to get our roster right. So I don't know how much they've been drinking before they wrote that particular quote. <laughs> <laughs> and plus, what constitutes the end of the season? Because the, you know, on the playing side, there's an end of season. Yeah, on the on the on the playing side, we have a we have an end of season, but we've got a draft coming up. We've yeah. got free agency coming up. We've got combines coming up, and if he's not going anywhere, that means he's going to be the major decision maker in in all of those events. And doomed. well, doomed. <laughs> Yeah, we are all doomed, aren't we? It's a soap opera, isn't it, now? The 49ers have actually turned into a soap opera, unfortunately. Well, it's worse than that. I think we're the laughing stock of the NFL. And and fans are beginning to get more and more and more angry. It's not delusional anymore, or, sorry, disillusioned anymore. They are actually getting very, very angry. And you can see that in the way that they're inter interacting with one another, you know. 
I mean, the Bucks game uh, on Sunday, I'll be interested to see just how empty Levi's is going to be for that. You know, how many people are actually going to take the trouble to show up? I know that there's a hardcore that will go, but Silicon Valley attracts people that are winning. You know, it's these tech people don't want to entertain their guests in front of the worst team in the NFL. Um, quickly look at some of the comments that have come in on Facebook. Um, there's been a hell of a lot of comments. Uh, a couple of people said, what about discussing a high draft pick rather than more wins in the show? I don't know about you guys, but I'll be honest, I'm uncomfortable doing that because I don't follow college football. Um, I know that Deepak, you're a Notre Dame fan. Kev, I don't know whether you're uh, a, a big college football guy. But what we will do, we will definitely, in the next few weeks, we will arrange to get somebody on the show who does follow college football, and we will have a proper look at what is coming, uh, what is possibly going to be coming out in the draft next year. Um I think that question was inferring that do we go for the draft choice or do we go for um, and try and win some games this season? Um, and personally, I've never ever wanted us to chase a higher draft draft position at the expense of winning games in hand, even if we're done for like we are now. And for me, that still stays the case. But it's, it's interesting now because we don't actually have a choice. We are going to. If nothing changes dramatically, we're going to be worse than the Cleveland Browns. So we will have the first round draft choice. But I think if Balke is staying, then we've said this, I think, the last two years or more, that he couldn't draft pick his nose. Um, having an early draft pick makes no difference because he'll waste it as he's been doing for years and years and also kev it it puts the quarterback controversy back into sight because it's under balky's watch that we've had a mediocre quarterback since the year dot <laughs> since jeff garcia pretty much um well no alex smith okay so would balky if he stayed on continue to let the the lesser mediocre of the two be the starting quarterback or is he going to look for a free agent or is he going to draft somebody and if he drafts somebody, then that draft pick has to learn the ropes off somebody. Would you trust a first-round draft pick with learning the ropes from Kaepernick or Gabbitt? Yeah, and, and it's, we've got all this cap space that we haven't used. We do lose some of that for next season. Because if you don't... If you, yeah, if you're below a certain level, you lose some of it, so... Why aren't we spending it? <laughs> because an idiot. So who do you think... Sorry, not who, because we can't answer that question. We couldn't even speculate as to who. But why do you think that leak came out? And do you think it was something more tactical, i.e. Um, it's unlikely to happen, but they just want to put it out there anyway? You know, do you, pay, do, you make, do you pay much credence to a leak like that? To be honest, I think the only person who could have written that leak was Balky himself. Yeah, I'm safe, yeah, yeah. Pay no attention to what anyone else is saying, yes. They'll just blame Parag Marazzi again. Yeah, even though nobody knows who he is or what he does or, or anything about him, they'll just blame him. But right now, we need somebody to blame. We need someone to blame, you know. Getting back to some of the comments, um, Andrew Mitchell, uh, hard, hard-hitting comments here. Who do you think will get knocked out of the Great British Bake Off today? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> really, who cares? Um, Rory Scarefield put it plain and simple, get rid of Balky. Um 
Mike Farron, the last how many years have we drafted defense in the first round and we're a shambles? Um, I'll let more intelligent people discuss at length. But to me, the ro- this is a roster that will take five-plus years to get better. No coach can get this lot to 500. He's got a good point. He has. Let's ask ourselves this one question because the points that Mike, Mike's raised are really, really interesting. A five-year rebuild is unheard of. Okay, I mean, under Harbour, when he inherited Singletary's team, he was a Kyle Williams fumble away from taking us to the Super Bowl in his first season. The question is, would Chip, will Chip Kelly still be here in five years' time? Because if he needs five years to rebuild, let's assume three years of those are going to be losing seasons. How much longer are the fans in California going to tolerate another three seasons of losing? You know, so uh, it's a very, very good question. And, and it begs the other question is, would Chip Co- Kelly be the guy who's around once that rebuild has been completed? Or would he have moved on by then? You know, would we have somebody else? I think if he's got any sense, he will move on because surely while he anybody that sticks with the 49ers right now are tainting their own brand. And uh, but rem- remember this though, Paul. When we hired Chip Kelly, there wasn't another team interested in recruiting him. Nobody else wanted him. Yeah. You know, we were after that guy who went to did he go to Cleveland? I can't even remember now. Um uh, but nobody wanted Chip Kelly. He was completely available. You know, there was no competition for his signature. I don't know if Chip Kelly will be here in five years' time. In fact, I don't even know if he'll be here at the end of the season. He he may just get fired, and just put another coach in. You know, it's it, it's stupid enough. The, the things that we've done as a front office are stupid enough to suggest that they would actually do that again. Uh a message just popped up uh, on my on my Facebook here. Um, somebody called Shane Bowden. Are you ready for this one, guys? Adding Romo would be huge for us next year, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I want to I want to smack my head on something really. Tony Romo, no, simply no. Kev, we've got one for you here. Um, Brian Davis had a number of pressing matters that he wanted discussing this week. <laughs> Um, you you didn't answer at the time. Are you ready for this? Go on then. Right, red bounty or blue bounty? Blue. The Rock or Conair? Ooh, Conair. What was the last sweet left in your Christmas tin? Uh, probably a bounty. Rugby league or rugby union? Rugby league. Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi. The Beatles or the Stones? Stones. Blair or Oasis? Neither. Spitfire or Hurricane? Um, depends whether you're talking about planes or beers. Probably Spitfire for both. <laughs> lager or cider? Um, lager if you're out all night. Cider if you want a refreshing drink in the afternoon. Tea or coffee? Don't drink either. Mornings or afternoons? Nights, really. And the one that nearly made me choke on what I was drinking at the time. Who are the more likeable duo? Fred and Rose West or Trent and Jed? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the West, to be fair. <laughs> oh, it was, you know when you're reading something, you think he didn't just say that, did he? So there you go, Brian. I asked. Um, I haven't actually put my answers in on that one, so I won't. Um, well, I'll stay clear of that one, shall I? Shall we move off this and take a look at the Buccaneers game that's coming up this Sunday? Yeah, good idea. Okay. Um, It is International Series weekend, but the 49ers are playing the 
I know you said the Buffalo Bills again. No, we've done that one. Uh, we're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, out in Levi Stadium. The 49ers lead the all-time series with 17 wins. Tampa have five. The last meeting was a 33-14 win for the Niners. That was out in Tampa. Can this team do anything? Can this team actually beat Tampa Bay? Yes. <laughs> okay, that, that, that kind of... Um, <laughs> That kind of shot my answer, sh- uh, shot my question short. Are we, are we, are we going to have enough people in the stadium to get behind the 49ers? Because the last time, uh, the last time we were at home against, uh, was it Dallas that we played at home last? Uh, there were noticeable, uh, there, as, as somebody, uh, a friend of mine said, how many people in there address the seats? <laughs> yeah, it, could be, it could be worse than the Dallas one because... I can't imagine there'll be lots of books fans travelling. That's a good point, actually, uh, because it was noticeable that there were a lot of Dallas fans in the stadium, which is payback for when the 49ers invaded AT&T, AT&T Stadium in Texas. Um, the, 49, the 49ers game isn't one of our pick six. We're going to get to them shortly with Kev. But do we, do we think that we're going to see improvement over what we saw in Buffalo? I know that we have to, but are we actually going to see improvement? Tampa's not a great defense. Um, they're not, but they're they've won two games. Okay, they're second in their division, the NFC South. Um, <laughs> we're at home, and look, I'm going to put my faithful hat on, and I think we've played mediocre teams, and we've been competitive with them. This might be the one time that we actually keep it competitive to the fourth and and squeak out a win, you know, because. We can beat Tampa. Come on. Really, we can beat Tampa. And I think that our NFL record-breaking streak of allowing 100-yard rushes against us will snap this week. It has to, doesn't it? Well, yeah, we'll manage to stop them on 99. <laughs> oh, it, it definitely has to stop. Um, and hopefully this is the game to do it. So, Kev, are you going for a win as well? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for a win. I have to go for a win, but genuinely, I do think that we can win this one. If nothing else this season, I think we can win this one. Awkward time, though. Sorry, Paul, just to cut cutting you off there. It's an awkward time if we did win, because then the week after is a bye week for us. Yeah. So we, don't, we don't play for two weeks. Yeah. Well, we've not played for the last two weeks, so it makes no difference. <laughs> Oh, Kev, Kev, please. <laughs> He's right. That's the problem. He is right. Okay, uh, so the three of us are going for a win in that one. Let us know what you think on the um, on the show page. This is a game I'm not going to be able to watch, unfortunately. I'm gutted. I'm going to be down in London at the International Series game, and I'm not going to have Wi-Fi to be able to watch the game. So I'm uh, unless I can figure something out and uh, get to watch it in my hotel room, maybe, but we'll see. Um, Should we take a look at the pick six for this coming week, then? Okay. So, first up, I'll uh, round up the scores from week six. Okay, do that first. (laughs) So, we had seven people equal top for week six, with a four out of six. The Chiefs and the Cowboys winning seemed to put pay to most people. So, we had... Andy Smith, David Evans, David Foster, Kim Esgard, Sorensen, Mark Leon, Thomas Devine, 
and first time player Bert Rooker the uh, third got four. Uh, we had our second donut of the season, uh, and Dan Turl got zero. Well, we've got to give Dan Turl a little round of applause for managing to pick zero right. So, little round of applause there for Dan. Well done on that one. Uh, Brian, Paul and myself got three uh, and Deepak managed to get a massive one. (laughs) (laughs) So overall, uh, from being equally last week, David Foster's now leading out all by himself out on 24. Mark Leon's just a point behind. And the other three co-leaders last week, Daryl Neils, Hammond, Mark Corn and Mike Farron are all on 22. Elsewhere, Brian's on 21, Paul's on 19, I've got 17, and Deepak's on 16. You're behind me, Deepak. That's not a good place to be. Yeah. I I picked six ties and the Browns, to be fair. (laughs) Okay, okay. Hey, how come with the Niners? Nobody's picking the Niners for the pick six. What's up with that? They're too scared to pick a loss. (laughs) I don't know, because it starts off... The first couple of hours after it goes on, the people who pick early all pick the 49ers because that's normally the one that's ahead. Then the people who pick later on over the next couple of days seem not to. So I don't know what's been going on the last, last couple of weeks, but that's the kind of way it's been going. That early, early, so probably the regulars who pick. Straight away, they go, yeah, we're going to have the 49ers. We're going to have a chance to pick them this week. But then, I don't know whether it's an attempt at common sense kicking in. Okay, so moving on to week seven. The six games we have. We have the International Series game with the Giants at the Rams at Twickenham. We've got four of the um, early starts. Saints at the Chiefs. um, Colts at the Titans. Browns at the Bengals. Bills at the Dolphins. And then the late Sunday night game, the Seahawks at the Cardinals. The last four of them all been division games. So, um, game one, international series game, the Giants at the Rams. Paul. Okay, two things to note on this one. Odell Beckham hasn't practiced for the Giants with a hip injury. Um, Whether he's going to play, we don't know yet. Also, did you see Odell Beckham propose to the kicker's net at the weekend. I did. (laughs) He looked round to see the rest of his team were watching and none of them were. (laughs) Harsh. He has had a long-standing argument with the the inanimate object that is the kicker's net, which it was quite funny, actually. I I, I saw it happen at the time when it decided to pick a fight with him. And since then, he's been trying to make it up to the kicker's net. It's been quite funny. But we're getting off track there. Um, this game is at Twickenham. Um, 9.30 kickoff in the morning for anybody that's watching it out in America. That's, 6.30. Uh, that'll be... East, uh, Pacific yeah, time. West, West, West Coast. Yeah, that, that's Eastern, yeah. 9.30, isn't it? What time's that here? So it's going to be 2.30 in the afternoon here. Yeah. Yeah. See how Sometime they like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's it's our revenge. Um, Rams Even win. then, it's nowhere near as bad as we have it. So. No. Yeah. No. Uh, Rams win on that one, I think. Okay, Deepak. Uh, yeah, I think I think the Giants, actually. Um, the Giants are very well supported here in the UK, and I think um, the Big Blue is going to have a lot of people cheering for them. So I, I think the Giants will win. 
Well, they've, they've both got identical records, haven't they? They're both three and three at the moment. Yep. So it's. Uh, and I think they're both going to be three, three, and one after the end of this game. Now I'm going to go for ooh, a tie. This is the draw. Ba- basically, because okay. I can't pick either of these sides to win. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it's a it's a sensible tie, not a end of the world tie. Nice for a change. Yes. Okay, game two: the Saints at the Chiefs. Deepak. I think the Chiefs will be too strong at home. Chiefs. I'm going with Kansas City. Paul. It's kind of similar records. Uh, Chiefs are three and two. New Orleans are two and three. Um, all the stats actually have the New Orleans Saints. In the lead, total yards, passing yards, that kind of thing. Um, I'm going to go with Deepak, though. Kansas City to win at home. I think the the home venue on this one, uh, the game being at Arrowhead, I think that's going to make the difference. So, I'm sure you can guess that, therefore, I've gone with the Saints. Uh, game three, Paul, Colts at the Titans. Mm, uh, I don't know on this one. Let's have a look. I need to bring up the stats. Um, are, we, are we still doing the irrelevant ball? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, nice AFC South tie. It is, yeah. Indianapolis are smack bottom of that one. Um, where's it being played? It's in Tennessee. I'm going to go Tennessee. Home, um, home win for Tennessee on that one. Okay, Deepak. Yeah, I'm going with Tennessee too. I am not going with the Colts, you'd be surprised to know. I'm going with the Titans as well, seeing as the Colts have managed to give up stupid losses in the last couple of weeks. They, so they blew a 14-point lead with four minutes to go last week. Uh, I can't see them winning away, even if Frank Gore did get a 100-yard rushing game last week, first time since leaving us. Game four, the Browns at the Bengals. Uh, Deepak. Mm, Ohio, I've got so many friends in Ohio. They're all Browns fans. I have a, a soft spot for the Browns, but I think Cincinnati will beat them. They'll be too much. Okay. Paul. The Browns are 0-6. Uh, they're on the road to the Bengals. The Browns are going to be 0-7. It's as simple as that. Uh, Cincinnati win. And you may get the feeling that I'm not really taking this seriously, but I'm going for the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're show, they've okay. been showing signs of life. Um, yeah, they have. And the Bengals haven't been great. And there will be the point where the Browns do manage to scrape a win from somewhere. Might as well be against divisional rivals. It's just occurred to me, this game is Kaepernick versus Gabbert. It really is. They, they managed to scrape a win from somewhere. And they're both... It, it's, it's picking who is the least worst. Indeed. What are the what's what's the Bengals record? Two and four. Two and four. That's only because they don't have five teams. <laughs> and and they don't play the 49ers. Well yeah, that that that'd change things. Okay, game five. The Bills at the Dolphins, Paul. Yes, they beat the Steelers. Behind a 200-yard rushing display from somebody whose name I can't pronounce properly. Jay Ajayi. That, that probably it. I don't know. No. Yeah, probably. It, yeah. <laughs> um, it's in Miami. Both teams coming off a win. Uh, Buffalo have got four and two. Miami, two and four. Uh, Miami. Why not? Okay. Deepak. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with the Dolphins because Pittsburgh is, is not chopped liver. You know, Buffalo, we boyed that they've done a number of us honours, but Miami do actually um, flatter to deceive. They could have easily beaten Seattle in week one. Um, I, I think uh, they're going to be too strong for Buffalo. I think Miami will just squeak this one. And I've gone for the Bills. So, yes, nothing unusual there. I'm trying to get my own 0-6 record going this week. Well, I'm just trying to get one more than you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so game six. It's uh, our division rivals, the Seahawks at the Cardinals in the late night Sunday game. I always say Arizona are going to beat Seattle and they never do. So this time I'm going to say Seattle are going to beat Arizona. Okay, Paul. Seattle are the luckiest SOBs in the league. The non-pass interference call in their game on Sunday was absolutely disgusting. But they're only the luckiest SOBs when they're at home. This is it's, on the it's road. Not, it's not that one call, Paul. It's every single game. It is. They get non-calls and 50-50s every single game it without is. fail. Yeah. Home and away. There's no method or, 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 or reasoning to this. It's just how Seattle yeah. get every no call. No method. Yeah. Plenty of madness, but no method. Yeah. They're luckiest at home in front of the 12. And this isn't. This is in Phoenix at the University of Phoenix Stadium. And I have three letters that I live my life by. ABS, anybody but Seattle, Arizona win. Even with the 13th man. <laughs> Even with the 13th man. Because the 13th man isn't travelling this time. They they yeah. become the twelfth man because there is no twelfth man in Phoenix. No. Arizona True. win. Okay, so this is another bird versus bird potential bloodbath, and I think that um, this is going to be my second tie of the week. Uh, as 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 a um, sudden heat wave melts everybody in the University of Arizona Stadium. <laughs> Until they're just one solid lump between them. It's one puddle. Yep. And even, even at that point, <laughs> they still won't be called for pass interference. <laughs> well, technically they wouldn't, because if they're part of a puddle, then they would also be catching the ball, wouldn't they? Yes. That is it for the this episode of the show. It's been a long show, uh, so thanks for sticking with it. Thanks to AudioNautics.com for the music. Thanks to Rob Newell, James Little, Mark Lyon, Kev Nayland, Andrew Mitchell, Cat Victorino, Gavin Sutton and Graham Ross for all the work they do on the group and on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Frequency49 and on Facebook search the Frequency49 show. It's time to say goodbye, boys. Goodbye, boys. Bye-bye. On behalf of Kev Nayland and Deepak Gohill, I've been Paul MacDonald. You've been the audience, and this has been the Frequency 49 Show. Bye for now.